This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 1409, and tonight, take a break from that winter chill. Come, lay out by the pool with me, soak up some California sun, and get ready for a tale of love, sex, money, murder, and speedos, speedos, speedos. Because we are talking about the jet black queer comedy, The Estate, from 2020. And in order to talk about a movie like this, I needed a guest who'd be able to lay down in the gutter of depravity right next to me. So, of course, the only choice would be the fabulous trading. But before we do any of that, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I have been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you are going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. Ha <laughs> ha! Now, I got to get this out of the way right up front. This movie is a hoot. And not only is it a hoot, it is a twisted labyrinth of surprises, chock full of twists, turns, backstabbing, double crosses, and butt stuff. Which means there's lots to spoil. But I can't talk about this movie without spoiling it. So if you do not want to have all of those twists and turns and butt stuff things ruined for you, I suggest you stop what you're doing right now and go check out The Estate. But don't get it twisted now because a whole bunch of movies called The Estate came out at the exact same time. You want the one from 2020 that stars Eric Roberts. It's streaming on Hulu for free right now. It's available all the places you rent stuff. Take a peek in my secret vault. There might be something there for you. Who knows? So I know we haven't chatted in a while. and I don't want to take up too much time on this, but I do want to let you know I'm recovering from my third round of COVID. Those of you who've been around for a while know that the first two left me really hazy afterwards. I had the COVID brain for quite a bit. The COVID itself was very mild, but I I got the lag again. So recording an episode is easy. Editing a show takes a lot more work than it used to. It takes a lot more time. I get really tired easily. It gets hard to focus. So things might be moving a little bit slower for the next few weeks or possibly months. And this is why. But just have patience. Bear with me. And we'll all get through this difficult period somehow. But right now, we got a crazy movie to talk about. So why don't I stop babbling, bring on the fabulous trading, and talk about The Estate from 2020. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Everybody's got someone they want to kill. Thing is, no one realizes how easy it is to do. Think about it for a second. If you could get away with it, wouldn't you? Georgie, this is Joe. Joe, this is George. Brother and sister, I'm assuming. Wicked stepmother. I'm married to his dad. You guys aren't close, I take it. I wouldn't say that exactly. Everyone knows that we can't get his money. What are we supposed to do, get jobs? He pays for nothing and we are destitute. I want him dead! You want me to kill him for you? You're what? An assassin? Assassin's a loaded word. I'm a hitman. (laughs) I'm having a panic attack. Wine is good though. Just be a man about it. We're white and we're rich. We can kill one guy. Hey, 
The Brentwood property shall go to my daughter. What daughter? The money should only go to the real family. Now I have to kill this girl, my sister, who I've never even met? It takes practice, man. Believe me, you're a natural. You think so? This is a beautiful home. Really is so beautiful here. I'm so happy to be here. It's beautiful. Isn't it nice? Aren't you jealous? <laughs> There's a lot to sort through, so... Because there's so much money. <laughs> and so, my beautiful screamers, for the first real movie review of 2024, I have chosen a heartwarming story. A story of good people who always do the right things and get their dreams to come true. I'm just kidding. We're talking about one of my favorite kinds of movies. You know what it is. You know how I love a house full of rich, eccentric cunts who can't stand each other and are all secretly plotting to kill each other? Well, that's this movie. And here's the thing. I've recommended this to a lot of people, and some of those people come back and they're like, oh my god, Patrick, I hated every second of that movie. It was so awful. There was nobody to root for. And I look at you and said, why are we friends? You are not my friend. So I realized it takes a certain kind of sick, twisted bitch to enjoy this movie. And so I could only think of one person to join me who is sick, twisted, and bitchy enough to sit here and join me to talk about this fantastic little movie. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome back to the Scream Queen's microphone, the fabulous Mr. Tredin. Patrick, hey everyone, how's everyone doing? Well, they can't answer, but I'm doing great. I can't answer, you're right, I'm sorry. I'm used to having a third co-host here. I, I know, I know. Well, I can, I can, <laughs> we can have Gay Goblin answer, but he, oh, there just we talks go. About, he just talks about sucking cock a lot. They don't know what I'm doing right now because it's a visual <laughs> joke. Anyway, how are you, Trey? Doing well, doing well. How about you? How are you doing? Welcome back to the regular show. I know, I know. I, I've, I actually get out of the antique shop and get to go into the big world. Hey, Trey, for those who don't know what you're talking about, what are you talking about? You, me, and Maya Murphy host a podcast about Friday the 13th, the TV show called Damn You, Uncle Lewis. And every episode, we take a look at each episode of the show of Jack Marshak, Ryan Dalian, and the amazing Mickey as they try and hunt down cursed antiques. Yes, we do. And you know what's kind of been amazing, Trey Dean, this journey that we're on? discovering like i remember how fun the show was and how campy the show was but now i'm discovering how often how good the show was yeah exactly for what it was it actually you can there are times you see oh they're trying they're doing a really good job they have good characters good side characters good stories but you always will have mickey's hair and mickey's accent well, without that, the show would have no magic. Anyway, anyway. All right. The movie that we are talking about today is a little independent film from 2020 called The Estate, which is available for streaming right now on Hulu. And if I haven't told you this before, we're going to tell you now again. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it, I'd suggest stopping right now because Trey and I cannot possibly talk about this movie without spoiling the shit out of it. So if you don't want all the surprises spoiled and oh, believe me, it's twisty, twisty, twisty. You better go watch it now. We'll still be here. We'll wait for you. Go away. Go away. Wait. In the meantime, Trey, please um, give me a nice, tight 30-second plot summary of what goes on in the movie The Estate. The clock starts now. 
Eric Roberts plays Marcelo, a rich bastard, but the movie focuses on his wife, Lux, and his son, George. George and Lux aren't related by blood. She's the wicked stepmother. They both live alone in an estate while while the father runs off and financially barely takes care of them, so they have to find a way to get some money. They find a hunky man, and they talk him into helping them kill Eric Roberts. And then the movie begins. Good, good start. Yes, yes. Well done. Well done. Well done. This is the way I thought this movie was going to go. I thought it was going to be all about them trying to kill Eric Roberts, the whole movie. But no, 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 no. This is actually about, oh, how hard it is to stop at just one. They're like potato chips murders. You just, just, they're just, you just got to keep going with it. And it's absolutely 100% right. Everybody's despicable in this movie. There's one person I think to root for, but we'll get to that person when we talk. But yeah, everyone else is a complete bastard and they're so much fun to watch. <laughs> it is so, I mean, no one in this movie, there's no, no boring character. No, not at all. Not at all. And uh, uh, it's incredibly well cast too. Yes. Like top to bottom. Even the small roles are incredibly well cast, which makes it, and everybody knows what movie they're in. Yes. Yes. And I kept saying, oh, you're playing kind of, you're slumming it here. So this makes me think that, or at least some of the side characters are, oh, you're, you're a name. You're doing this as a favor for, or you're doing this because you know the person, you like the project. Doesn't matter. It worked out. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. Because a lot of times when people come in and do those, those favor jobs, they don't actually come to work. They're just like, yeah, yeah. These people do that. Everyone gets the movie they're in. You're exactly right. Everybody claims to play and it's a ton of fun to watch. Now, what I love about this movie is that it's, on top of all this, it's incredibly gay. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I had to do a 30-second summary, I, it's a tale of sex and death and money and Speedos. And Speedos. A whole lot of Speedos. <laughs> a, a decent amount of Speedos, not a whole lot of shirts. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of eye candy. And lots of things that squirt. Lots of things squirting. <laughs> a, lot of squirt, a lot of squirting montages, which are great. <laughs> Some bl- bodily fluids flying through the air. Well, walls. that too. Sometimes it's bodily fluids, sometimes it's not. But there's just lots of things that squirt. I didn't catch that, but you're right. What I think is fun about this movie is that it was written by the star of the film, Chris Baxter. Okay, okay. He wrote it for himself and he wanted his partner, he wanted his partner to direct. And they were shopping the script around and everybody loved the script. They're like, oh, studios were snapping it. They're like, oh my God, this is so great. This is a great role for like Chris Pratt mm. or something like that. And they're like, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I wrote this for me. Me. Yeah. This is for me, which made it a really hard. And oh, by the way, it's a package deal. You got to take both of us. So the fact that they got it made it all is amazing. And the fact that the production values are as good as it is. Yes. It looks great. Like, I mean, it, it, like if you didn't have the right location for this movie, it wouldn't work. Mm-mm, no, if they didn't just, have that mansion. Yeah, the mansion's a character. Mm-hmm. Just, well, and also just you could tell like it was lit well. It had good the way they use music and the editing. It's just you can tell when someone knows what they're doing, even if they don't have the best budget. And this looked really good. It had a lot of good ideas in it. And it wasn't flat. It wasn't let's set up a camera to have one shot, other shot, and just have flat with the background behind them looking like it could be painted on. It had depth to the shots. Everything looked nice. Yeah, I mean, both both of these guys work a lot anyway. They did a ton of shorts and tons and tons of TV, but this is their first major film project. And so that would made it a hard sell, but they did it and good for them. Yeah, it looks, it looks good. It looks like a good movie. It is a very good movie. Yeah, and the other thing where I think is great that technically you, uh, you cast yourself in your own movie and then surround yourself with powerhouse character actors you're in danger yes you yes. molly you in danger girl of getting upstaged by your own cast chris baxter holds his own he does he does i mean you're right though the cast for this is 
but this it feels like an actor directed this movie or wrote it because there's so many great little small character bits for other actors and they do so well. So the whole framework for this movie is that it's being told in flashback because we open the movie in the present after all the horrible events of the movie are over. And George, our antihero, is being interviewed by TV personality Alexandra Billings. Trey Dean, do you know who Alexandra Billings is? I know the face, but no, I oh, she's one of those like I know her, but I don't know where know where I know her from. She is an actress and a singer, but she was the first person, the first trans actor to play an out trans character on network TV. Oh, cool. I did not know that. On your very first episode, Trey, uh-huh. when you came on to talk about Socket. Oh, God. She's that in a- that as well, but I didn't know she was trans at the time. She was the she was the good doctor at the hospital, not the one that was killing people. She was the one that was <laughs> trying to keep things sane at the hospital. Yeah. Wow. So good for her. Mm-hmm. Good for her. And this whole interview was great. He's just <laughs> so douchey. And- so much loss. Totally. So much heartache. Mm-hmm. So much agony. Agony too. Sure. And yet here you are, sitting before me. You look great, by the way. Bonnie, stop. <laughs> Thank you. What do you say to those people who see you? sitting before me and say to themselves he doesn't look all that innocent what do you say to those people george he's selling his book about the experiences of the movie i victim is the name of the book which is so (laughs) comma victim george's new book i comma victim a memoir will be out tomorrow colon Just my story. Fuck off. What do you say to those people, George? I don't know how to answer that. I I don't know if I can. Try. For me. Okay. Okay. You know, when I think about my life, I think about the series of events that led me here. All the struggles I've been through. Losing both my parents. Being the target of all these attempts on my life. Being gay? Being gay, Bonnie. Being gay too, for sure being gay. And what I tell myself every night before I go to bed and every morning when I wake up is... They just they get that fake sort of, you know, martyr tone to his voice of everything he's been through. Of I'm so strong and I'm not a victim. But his book is called I'm Victim. I've suffered my whole life. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You haven't. You're a spoiled little rich boy. And the movie just subtly just keeps letting you know about just how how horrible these people are. There's, I mean, to jump ahead a minute, there's a part where. They find out that they've been left to live on $10,000 a month. And they're screaming, we can't live. What are we supposed to do? $10,000 a month? That is literally nothing. He's treating us worse now than when he was alive. What are we supposed to do? Get jobs? Oh. Okay. Okay. You know what? Okay. We, we're going to meet back at the house. You take the Maserati. I'll take the Porsche. We've got to get a hold of Joe. Guess we're not going to have personalized chauffeurs anytime soon. Don't ever say shit like that to me again. Fair! 
and as they're saying that, there's a homeless person sleeping on a bench <laughs> as they're walking past him, and she's going, I can't live on $10,000 a month. And it's just stuff like that, that it, it doesn't draw attention to it, which I liked. It just you it's know, there. I, ne- I never noticed a homeless guy before, but because yeah, I'm so absorbed in this conversation, I'm like, you bastards. Oh, we can't possibly. Um, my favorite character by far in this movie is Lux, mm. his, his stepmother, who is played by Eliza Coop from Happy Ending. Happy, happy endings. Ending. Yeah. Oh. She dives into this role. She is the gold digging, money hungry, cockthirsty <laughs> stepmother who's like five years older than he is. <laughs> and she's, she's really pretty, but she she loves like contort her face and snarl that she just she's always giving a great look. She's so incredible. I could just look at her with the sound off forever. And just, but but then with the sound off, you miss all of her wonderful lines. She's got all the best lines. These like oh. disgusting one-liners. That come, like her character is summed up immediately. Like the second she appears on screen, when she comes bursting in off, off, onto her balcony, and she's just like, "I need a guy to come on my face." Okay. And I don't want to challenge. I don't want somebody who's gonna like look down on me. I just need a dumb, poor guy to just. Fuck me stupid. I just need a dumb whore guy to fuck me stupid and come in my face. <laughs> and she sells it. You and me both, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. We have to talk about the setup the first 10 minutes of the movie where we set up who these two characters are. So, yeah, we, so we see that. We see her come out on the balcony. And then we see George come out next to her. So we realize they're in the same mansion. Yeah. But we don't know the relationship. Right. And so it's that, and like I said, she's barely older than him. So it looks like they're friends. She needs to go out. She's taking him out to help her get laid. Or brother and sister. Exactly. exactly. Or something. Yeah. And they go to a bar. Oh, no, no. Excuse me. Excuse me. They don't go out to get laid. They go dumpster diving for dick. <laughs> get dressed. We're going dumpster diving for dick. <laughs> Her words. We're going. Come on. We're going dumpster diving for dick. We don't want classy dick. We don't want talky dick. We don't want elegant dick. We want trailer park trash park dick. Trash this dick. is what we want. <laughs> dive bar dick. And they go to a dive bar. And also, she doesn't give a shit about getting him dick. She mm-hmm. wants the dick. He's just there to help her. No, of course not. No, he he probably has the driver's license or something stupid like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah she's not, her license has been revoked at this point. <laughs> but so that they they go and they go to a dive bar and they meet this really hot, hot Matt Damon clone named Joe. Total Chicago boy, one hundred percent go socks, all that jet, or whatever that whatever they have. I don't know. What yeah. the, I don't know. I don't know what the teams go Bears. Whatever. Go but, Bears. Yeah. Well, technically, George meets her first. They have a urinal meet cute. And I've had enough of those with celebrities to know how awkward they can be. Oh, sorry, bro. Uh, you waiting for the bathroom? Uh, uh no. I mean, yes. Okay. Well, after you. Uh, take it easy, man. And, and, and you don't know where this is going. It's, it's like the whole noir thing is, is what's going on. He meets him, not necessarily flirts, but at least there's a little bit of a connection, awareness of each other. Well, it's a straight bar. Yeah. And But they had this weird moment in the urinal. And you can see that George is like clocking, like, did, did he just hit on me or am I just in a yeah. straight bar and with a drunk guy or whatever? He's hot. 
It's hot. You're kind of hot too. And he, he hesitates too long going upstairs. By the time he gets upstairs, Lux already has her claws in him. Which, who wouldn't? He's, he, he's, he's amazing looking. I'm going to go out there and just going to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> What's so funny? Georgie, this is Joe. Joe, this is George. Yeah, I just saw this guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> you were looking. I, I, I didn't look. I was looking, but... Uh, <laughs> He's he's amazing looking. Oh, compared to the other things that were in there, that poor that poor other man who came over over to Byron, he's just like no, no, nope. no, go away, no, 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 no. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Well, I said my fine pair of legs, God damn it. I don't know what you just said. I don't know what that was. Nope. <laughs> she knows what she wants, and you're not it. But they meet him. They take him. She takes him home. They fuck like banshees. So much of this movie is hearing Lux get plowed from another room. <laughs> <laughs> While George the just sits there, sits there with a puss on his face. <laughs> Ding dong, Patrick from the future here. Something that I wanted to clarify, uh, something that we kind of glossed over in our conversation, is that, yes, Greg is plowing the hell out of Lux in the next room. So much in the movie. But even on this first night, this pickup night, Gay George, our anti-hero, is still thinking, I'm getting a vibe off this guy. I don't think he's as straight as he says he is, or is it my imagination? All this comes to play in the kitchen scene while we have awkward chat while we wait for Lux to wake up. Now, I like you. You're not like other gay guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're a take charge kind of a guy. Are you talking about me? <laughs> yeah. Must be fun. And easy, right? I mean, two dicks, they either like each other or they don't. And you, you must be getting all the guys. Well, actually, I, I, don't, I don't date a lot. Oh, how come? I got a too big a cock. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You like that? That was funny. Yeah. Straight guys love jokes about big dicks. Mm. <laughs> so then the next morning, they come out, they're talking, and he reveals casually that that's his stepmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys must be the hottest pair on the club circuit, huh? Brother and sister, I'm assuming? Um, I'm his mother. <laughs> Wicked stepmother. No fucking way. Way. I'm married to his dad. And you don't mind that we're... Oh, no. Have at it. <laughs> uh, my dad cheats on all his wives, and the wives can do the same. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's when I'm like, oh, fuck. Some of, my, some of my other favorite Lux moments, just that happened in that bar scene. He's like, oh, your name's Lux. Your name was, was it Box? Lux, but so close though. <sighs> Short for luxury. No, my dad wasn't a rapper, so it's just Lux. Huh. <laughs> what the fuck you? <laughs> <laughs> the, scene in, the scene in the morning, like the, the boys have this moment alone in the kitchen before she comes in. And again, it's this tense thing. Cause you know, straight guys love jokes about big dicks, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. George smells something, something up. Mm -hmm. But Lux, when Lux comes in, she does this long cross the cross across the kitchen to get to Joe, the guy that picked she picked up, and she just goes, "Hi." Hi. <laughs> it's like I'm here. The, the, the scene can begin. It was the longest. <laughs> This long question but it sums her up. I'm so obnoxious. Yeah. 
myself between you two. <laughs> but we actually, it's an interesting setup because that they're basically being kept on life support by the dad who's paying them just enough to survive, but they don't have any nice clothes. They, they can't go out to the really nice places because they don't have the wardrobe to go I there. So they have to rewear an outfit from 2015, Dre. <laughs> you guys aren't close, I take it. Oh, would you get close to a shark? A narcissist, a misanthrope? <laughs> to answer your question, no, we are not close and that's fine. Oh, so this is his place. It's one of his properties. We're just like, you know, we're just crashing here for the summer. Free rent? <laughs> you guys get to live like kings and you don't need to work? That's like the dream, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that exactly. <laughs> he doesn't pay for everything? <laughs> we wish. We wish he would pay for it. Lux? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to pry. It's just everyone knows that we can't get his money and we've been shunned for it because word travels really fast. Lux, I said shut up. Georgie, he doesn't care. I do. Sorry. God, just say it. No. Say it. I said no. He pays for nothing and we are destitute. Say it. All right, fine. He pays for nothing and he makes us grovel for pennies and I hate him. What else, bitch? I got a hemorrhoid last week because I was so stressed out about it and mm -hmm. haven't been able to sit right in days. And? I, I want him dead. I want him dead. Yes. Yeah. I had to rewear an outfit from 2015 and sell all my fur coats on the internet. Why can't he just die? I want to stab him in his fat fucking gut. Oh God, I want to spit on his corpse and take a shit on it. I, I hate him. I want to take a shit on it so bad. <laughs> you want me to kill him for you? And there's this almost like Grey Gardens kind of relationship between the two. They are just, yes, they don't yeah. openly hate each other. But there's so much passive aggressive, but at the same time, they're commiserating with each other at the same time. Well, they're both awful people. So they yeah. both want what the other one has, even though they both have nothing. Exactly. They're and awful they people. And yeah, the, this mansion is also falling apart. Like there's yeah. parts of it that are nice. Like they've, they've kind of a couple of rooms that are nice. But for the most part, it's falling into ruin because they can't afford to keep it up. And no one will no one will hang out with them anymore because everybody knows what happened. They all know that daddy's cut them off and won't give them any money. So they can't hang out with their Beverly Hills elites. So they have to go dumpster diving for deck and things like that. So it, it's it's fun. But there are moments like even in this when they're when they're when this is all spilling out in front of the guy they brought home when he gets yeah, them the talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He gets them talking. And I'm sorry. Mm, in order to really do this properly, I'm going to have to spoil things a bit yeah. now is that it turns out that Joe is a bounty hunter. Yeah, he's, he's an assassin, a bounty hunter. Assassin, what did he call yeah. himself? No, a hitman, hitman, hitman. hitman, hitman. hitman. He's, he's hitman. a hitman on the dark web. But there are secrets about Joe that we learned at the end that are a big surprise. When you actually watch the movie, I went back and rewatched the movie last night from Joe's perspective and watch how he plays them both, the whole movie. He's in control this whole movie. He's, he's playing them like a piano the whole time. You want me to kill him for you? Oh my God, that is so sweet. Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, it's easy with an old guy. You've done it before? Oh yeah. Oh yeah? You know, I think I'd rather kill him personally. I can make that happen too. Now I can facilitate things for you both. Oh, fun, like a group thing? Yeah. Lux! We're horrible, but we're not murderers. Speak for yourself. 
All right, that's it. No more murder talk. We're having such a nice day. Shit. Okay, but if we killed him. Right. Guys, what did I say? No more murder talk. Why are you protecting him? Because he's my dad. And like, I don't know, a person in the world. People die every day, man. Who are you? Just think about it for a second, all right? If you could do it. If you could kill him. If you could get away with it. Wouldn't you? And at the very end, he even says, I never lied to you. And everything he says to them is a truth. How many people have you killed? And it doesn't count if you're in a war or something. I don't mean Iraqis. I mean real people. 18. You've killed 18 people. Uh, I don't think he stuttered, Georgie. Fine. So you're not just a killer. You're what? An assassin. Whoa. Assassin's a loaded word, you know, a little too political. I'm a, I'm a hitman. A hitman. Cool. Chill. And uh, how do people procure these services? The dark web. The dark web. But it's either half truth or just told out of context. Well, everybody's got someone they want to kill. The thing is, no one realizes how easy it is to do. I can't believe this. This is like a website, but for horrible things. Oh, they accept Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I want him to think that he's about to get laid. Mm. And then right before, bam. Bam, like a gun. No guns. They're traceable. The bullets, too. Well, then what are we going to do? Kill him by hand? There's lots of options. You know, doing it here would be ideal. Stage it like a home invasion. I'd have to tie you both up after. He just came home at the wrong time. And then all that money, all that fucking money, it's ours. How soon can you get him here? A couple days. But you know what? You should probably stay the night, I feel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love to fuck before I murder. Okay, good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like he says, he 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 adjusts his personality to to be whatever the person he's talking to wants him to be. And he's telling that to the guy that he's just started sleeping with. He's just started sleeping with. He's telling him, "Do not trust me," or "This is what I am. This is how I operate." He's not even listening to him. I became whatever I needed to be. You know, I adapt to people's styles. Whatever they want from me, I. I become that for them. Typical orphan syndrome. But that's the trap, though. But it also yes. feels like, oh, he's opening up to me and he's telling me this truth that he's never told anybody else. And you think that I'm the one who's different because he mm-hmm. loves me. Exactly. Mm-mm. Yeah. But yeah, so th- it's fun to watch from that perspective. But yeah, he gets them talking about this whole situation that they're in. And there are moments when I start to feel bad for them. Yes. Yeah, a few times. Well, because, well, they are spoiled and they are awful, but they also are being treated horribly. And oh, they the, are. The thing, yeah. the thing that really rung with me, the thing that brought it home and made it real mm-hmm. is that th- when he finally gets out of George, like, why are you so mad? Why, why are you really mad at him? Why are you really, really mad at him? Why do you really, really want me to kill him for you? He says, because he thinks this is what we deserve. So I've thought about it and I, I've thought about it long and good. And, and we can't do this. I can't do this. We can't do this. Sweetie, you need a pill? Just grab my purse. How are you so okay with this? I mean, I know my dad's a bad guy, but 
Doesn't killing him make us just as bad as he is? I mean, doesn't that mean he wins in a way? How does it make you feel to be just stuck in this house with no expense account, no perks, while he just flies around on that PJ? Not good. And why is that? Because he thinks it's what we deserve. And I think also because he knows it's true. That's, that is what they deserve. It is exactly what, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of self-loathing going on that's just kind of barely at the surface. Which is uh, well-deserved because they're not they're not smart people. They don't have any no. skills. They, they um, No, they are worthless. I mean, they are trash. Yeah. They have nothing, yeah. yeah they have, they're but, just so unhappy. Yeah. Well, well t- t- tell me about George's tuxedo. Oh, so he has a tuxedo that they're told that when they're going to murder Eric Roberts, that they have to dress in black and they're going through the wardrobe and Joe reaches out to touch one of George's tuxedos and George takes the no, this is my tuxedo. And he explains, this is the only thing in the house that is mine. Sorry. Sorry. That, uh, that's just my tux and I, I just don't like it when people touch it. Okay. Is it made out of solid gold or something? No, it's, it's custom. It's custom. Yeah. It's fit just for my body. and It's the only thing in this house that is just for me. It's a tuxedo made especially for him, for his body, because eventually his goal is to attend the black and white ball. That is George, the, the son's greatest thing, because that's where the elite go, the chosen special elite are, you have to be asked to go to the black and white ball. You can't go there. Someone has to send you an invitation. So the tuxedo represents the one thing he has that was made for him to go to this very special event that you have to be asked for. I don't think I'm cut out for this. I just killed my dad and now I have to kill this girl, my sister who I've never even met. You've only killed one guy. It takes practice, man. Believe me, you're a natural. You think so? Look, you want the money, right? Yeah, I want the money. I I don't just want the money, though. I, I can't even say it. Spare me the bullshit. I want to go to a party. A party? Yeah. Not just any party. It's called the Black and White Gala. And it's bigger than any party you've ever been to. Everyone there is either rich or famous, or both. Sheiks, princesses, movie stars. And you can't buy a ticket. You have to be invited. And being invited means validation. And I'd kill anyone for that. But I gotta, okay, we're talking about Lux. One of her favorite line deliveries is when the boyfriend um, convinces them to kill the father and Lux is the next day, the son and Lux are talking, the son's having second thoughts. And she's like, she looks at him and is like, come on, what are we? Your father drove us to this. So we kill him with that guy. I mean, who even is that guy? Okay. Well, what I know is that he wants to do this for us and he can make me come in like, Three minutes flat, so I don't know what else there is to talk about. What about the police? What are we? Hmm? We're white. 
and and we're rich right we're white and we're rich we can kill one guy I just love that delivery that we're rich and white we can get away with just one two maybe pushing it three is you know what other people do but us we can get away with just Definitely one did with one which is one. 100% true it is it is one it's very true true in the movie it. and true in life unfortunately we could just kill the one person this reminds me a lot of the Adam family values and that a lot of the jokes are so cutting and so merciless but they're at the right targets yeah it just yeah. it, it pulls no punches when it wants to be really just mean to the the horrible people in this. So so now the big star the other the big guest star in this is Eric Roberts, and I know that Eric Roberts has made it a thing that he has his set fee. If you pay his fee, he'll be in your movie, and it's worked out really well for him. Like he was, you know, he, you know, he wasn't a list, and then he just drifted, and now he works constantly, like because he has this policy. And the thing is that I've noticed with him, like. <laughs> Sometimes, a lot of times he's not great in these movies. He's either sleeping or he hasn't been directed. You know, mm -hmm. it's some shitty movie and they don't know what they're doing. He's like, I'm here to do whatever I can, but yeah, I'm just going to say my lines and get the fuck out of here. He came to play. And this, this is a role that it absolutely 100% could have been written for Eric. It probably was written for Eric Roberts in mine because he is scum but still magnetic. <laughs> he's so charismatic. I mean, he just makes it look so effortless. Like it, it's just like being a bastard comes easily to him. Mm-hmm. Place looks like shit. Duh. Uh, Come upstairs. Why? Fuck me. Hmm. Good girl. Make yourself a drink and come up. Where do you want to get fucked, little girl? It's a nice juicy scene. Um, with layers to it and he, 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 with yeah. character interaction with everybody that that feels like a longer scene than it is. True. Hold on. I'll give him a call. I got to call him and find out when he's coming back. He's probably knee deep in Ukrainian hooker pussy right now. But mama still knows what to say to get him hard. <laughs> and then when she calls, hi, daddy. Hi, uh. So she, the whole thing is like she's going to try to seduce him. And meanwhile, the guys will jump in and pretend to be like intruders and kill him in the process. Her whole seduction scene is so wonderfully cringe. <laughs> oh, what was that? I was watching it again. Like, what is the point? He has her take her pants off or clothes off, bend over and start reciting in a British accent. British people like all these British noblemen and lords and people are like from NATO and shit who are like all these world leaders who are gonna fuck her give me a list who wants it hmm. come join me on the bed first mm -mm. give me a list okay British or American start with the Brits Dudley Moore John Cleese, Alan, Deadass Rickman, mm. all those British fucks. They want to fuck me. Keep going. Oh, what about Parliament? Nigel Farage, David Cameron, Theresa May. Theresa May. Mm. That's interesting. I'd scissor. I'd scissor them all. Even the guys. 
Dudley Moore and then Theresa May. Theresa May. She's like, I'm going to scissor Theresa May. I'll scissor all of them. But she's also about, she's going to give the go sign to let the guys know Anytime. that it's time to. Anytime. Here we go. <laughs> Stick it in. Take it out. Hurry it up. Hurry it up, people. Anytime you're ready. Anytime you want to just slam it on in. Anytime you're ready. Slam it in. Stick it in me whenever you're ready, guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the murder plan does not go as planned because it, why oh, would not it? at all? Not at all. No, of it goes horribly wrong. Oh, you see, the dad has a has a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Of course. So the guy's got to take care of the bodyguard and it just becomes a giant clusterfuck. A clusterfuck. And even what I think is great that even though he's being attacked by these two men in stocking caps, he all of a sudden just goes, George. And he take that mask off. Yeah. George. No, no. Take off that goddamn mask. George, you pussy. You little fucking pussy. You spoiled little pussy, look at you. Come here. What do you think you're gonna do, huh? You and Lux are gonna rot in this house. You are parasites. Stop. You are rotten. In fact, you are nothing. You are gum stuck to my shoe. And he just berates him. He's just tearing. It's so awful. But they did try and kill him. But yeah, he is just, it is like everything unleashed with him. Yeah. Until they they finally get the one up. My, my favorite line out of this is Lux. Oh, shocker. Of course it's you. Mm, that's right, Abby. And I hate to break it to you, but I don't think it's going to work out between us. And it's not because you're old or manipulative or an asshole. I would have made any of those work. It's because you're cheap. Your turn, Georgie. It's because you're cheap. I was great. <laughs> the final line and she just sticks it in. It was great. I, I wanted to see more of Eric Roberts bounce off these two characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but, I mean, it, but eventually, it's George who has to deliver the killing blow because he is the central character and he's the one who has to work yeah. out his problems. Fuck you! And there's that moment where he's just lying, the body's just lying in that fountain. George just goes, "Huh? I really thought his head would roll off." <laughs> I really thought his head would roll off <laughs> in this movie. So they get what they wanted. Their dreams have come true, Trey. The movie's over, right? Yes, we're, we're done. We, Good we night, everybody. Minutes, all the problems are solved. Happy ending. Oh, I, the, other, the other thing that we neglected to mention that at some point during all this, George and Joe started fucking, too. Well, it's no, 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 it's not now. It's not yet. Oh, you it's know what? You're su- right. You know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Because there are there are complications. There are complications. There are complications. What's the complication that's revealed by the uh, the, the lawyers, the dad's lawyers? 
Um, turns out there's a daughter. There's another sibling, bastard. <laughs> but first, the lawyers played by an actor named Ezra Buzzington. Ezra Buzzington came to play. What I love about Ezra Buzzington, yes. Ezra Buzzington. Oh, oh, what do you know him from, Trey? What do you know him from? Oh, God, what I don't know him from. Uh, Brooklyn 4-4, which just came out last year. He's, he's brilliant, good in that. Brilliant in that, yeah. Art School Confidential is one thing. But he's just, he's in everything. He's so good. The Hills he's Have just, Eyes, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. He brings gravitas to the movie. He's one of the, the roles that's not camp, but that's what he does and he does well. He anchors this movie in the realities. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, by yeah. the way, there's consequences for your actions. And did you really think this was going to be that easy? I was your father's personal attorney. I knew him for many, many years. And I'm also now the trustee who's been assigned to handle his will. And there's a lot to sort through, so. Because there's so much money. <laughs> <laughs> my estate will be delivered as follows. The Brentwood property will be bequeathed to my wife and son, while all other possessions shall go to my daughter. Uh, I... Daughter. Daughter. What are you, trans now? The house isn't even worth that much, and we don't have the money to take care of it. And what daughter? Well, we're working on figuring that out. And whomst are you? This is my firm's investigator, Peter Ellison. He will find her. And when he does, he will bring her here, and we will execute your father's last wishes. Mr. Ellison knows that she's originally from Ventura, or well, at least we think she is. Are there any more bastard dumpster babies we need to be worrying about here? And how do you even know it's his kid? Huh? Oh, where's the blood test? Mm. Who's the mother? The mother is dead. <laughs> of course. She died of a heroin overdose. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. No, it's not because the dad was around and he has a daughter and they don't know exactly where she is, but they are going to find her. I mean, yeah, because because as, as she says, it's like he stuck his dick in anything. There's could be there could be any number of bastard children floating around out there. But we got to take care of this one. There's a movie out there. It's really rare. I covered it on the show a thousand years ago that Ezra Buzzington plays the killer in called um, Someone Knocking at the Door. No. Ezra Buzzington plays the ghost of this murderer. Uh-huh. His weapon uh -huh. was his 18-inch dick. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like, like a like a bladed dildo? Or? No, his dick was so big. And he oh, was he was okay. he's a rapist and he he's he's fucking the men to death, he's fucking the women to death. He's bad, he's bad. Like you normally have scenes where people are like hacking through the door with a machete. He's doing it with his dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch this. There's something knocking at the door. There's someone knocking at the door. It's a weird movie. It's one of those weird experimental movies, but okay. He's great in it. But as but the lawyer says there's a daughter. Every, everything's left frozen. They have any money. They have to wait till the daughter's found. Oh, it's not just frozen. He left but everything to her. The house is left to them. The house is left to them, but they can't afford to keep it up. And they're given $10,000 a month to stipend to live on. That bastard. She has to rent dresses online, Trey. Renting them online. That's Off a, of Amazon. She probably did that Amazon where and return it thing. I don't know. They're throwing a lifeline because... The lawyer's secretary contacts them. Mary. Mary is played by Heather Matarazzo. Wiener dogs! Uh, from Welcome to the Dollhouse. 
Scream 3. The Princess Diaries. <laughs> yeah. Diaries. I, I love this actress. I love her too. She's, I was so happy when she showed up. I'm like, wait, because they don't they don't put any of the cameos in the opening title. So everybody's a surprise. So she showed up yes. and I'm screaming Wiener Dog at the TV. And then I said, if they kill Wiener Dog, I'm going to be furious. And she has like one speaking scene and she fucking kills two. Two, and she nails them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And she kills them. First they're leaving and she's, she's super chipper, super happy as they're waiting to talk to the lawyer. She's like, do you want a drink, a coffee, Sprite, soda, Pepsi? Can I get you anything to drink? Water, tea, seltzer, coffee, a smoothie, infusion? Uh, no, nothing. Thank you. Something to eat? What about a bagel? Still no. Thanks. Are you sure? Nothing? Bottled water, hot water with lemon pad thai? I'm really, I'm really okay. I, I'm not going to be here that long, but thank you. My favorite interaction with her was, of course, with Lux, but she goes, I love your top. Oh my God, I love your top. Is is, is that a bikini or a- It's a child's Halloween costume. So hot right now. Thanks, babe. It's a child's Halloween costume. <laughs> I know those gays who do that, that go shopping in the children's department. <laughs> It's just such a stupid line, but it works. And Lux, I mean, just goddamn. I love your top. Thanks. It was my mom's. Oh, when did she die? She's not done. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so, so they're, they're talking about Lux who was sleeping or. Okay. The line was sucking my father's cock on her deathbed. I cannot believe this shit. The money should only go to the real family. You don't count. You were his mistress first, remember? Sucking his cock on my mother's Mm -mm. deathbed. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Was not her deathbed. She was in a coma. She was in a coma. She was in a a coma. (laughs) These things count. Yeah, I mean, she's not that cruel of a bitch. No, she's not. She's... (laughs) It was the merciful thing. It's what Mother Teresa would have done. Exactly. 100%. But. If she was, if she was an enormous whore. Exactly. But Mary, the secretary shows up with the, they found all the information on the missing daughter. And she gives it to them and says, you got to her quick before we're about to find her. And they basically ask her, why are you doing this? Need the other heir for your dad's money, huh? Yes. How could you know that? What else could you want? Do you guys need her bank records, address? I hacked into their files and got all of the info on your sister. And I made copies. Why are you doing all this? Seriously, why help us? I've seen so many people come in and out of that office. I see what a big fat check can do to someone for them. Watching their expression change from when they first arrive to when they leave. They are so truly, genuinely happy. And money is the cost. To have to not worry about basic needs like food, rent, student debt, You. I want $2 million wired via routing instructions. I'll provide when the funds are secure. They're meeting her tomorrow morning, so you don't have a lot of time. 
done. You two really deserve that money. Oh, thank, thank you. You really do. No, she's smart. She's the only one who plays anything smart. She's actually, at the end of the movie, she's the only one who got the happy ending. I was going to say, she, she's the one person I rooted for, and she's the one person who got the happy ending at the end, and I was happy about that. She only did something that's a little bit illegal. They kind of, mm, she just, sure, it kind of got somebody killed, but yeah. It was, I was like, she led to someone dying, but you know what? She didn't know she that. Did, she didn't there. know that. She just uh-huh. gave them information. What you do with it is, uh-huh, I'm just doing my job as a secretary. Yeah, they tracked down, they tracked down the, um. The daughter. The new daughter, who's somebody from the Vanderpump Rules, who I don't know. Apparently people were really excited that this person, uh, so Lala Kent. People were excited she was in the movie and she did it for like three seconds. Her name is Caitlin. Caitlin? Yeah, Caitlin Cox. Is it spelled the rich way with a K and a Y? No, the poor way with a C and two I's. Gross. But she's a, she's a cam girl. She's a cam girl and she fights them off with a dildo. Damn right she does. That a girl. You that, No, 100%. I support that. You know? <laughs> oh, she was cool. No, like when I, when I took my, uh, when I used to do um, um, fight choreography classes, unplanned weapons are my favorite mm-hmm. things. <laughs> there are so it drives me because when I watch movies and like people aren't fighting back, I look at the, the set and going, there are like twenty five weapons you could have killed this guy with. They're sitting here on set, but they're not things you normally think of. And a dildo was a great one. <laughs> it could have worked. Yeah, and they don't play it quite for last. Like you could play it really sticky, but they do. But it's a tense scene. They're they're but they're going to kill her. It's the boyfriend and then the stud, and they end up killing her. And they're taking the body outside, and in the heat of the moment, they fuck. Well, no, and before that, she they, well, they, they wrap her up, and she's in the truck. She's not dead. Oh, you're right. You're right. But but it's a good thing that Joe, the assassin, has a technique that never fails. Trey, tell me about that technique. Takes the knife, puts it right in the blaze between the ribs, and just pushes down. Gets the heart. Wait, we don't kill her there? No way. Too much evidence to spread. Once we get her in the bag, we get her in the truck. Once I get her in the truck, I do the technique. The technique? Yeah. See, I take the knife, I stick it in, then I take the other hand, press it past her ribs. The technique. The technique. Works every time. A nice, solid thwap with the palm, and they're always gone. Works every single time. And that's what they do. Fuck. And they have blood on their clothes, so they have to take their clothes off because they're covered in blood. Oh my gosh, we're still covered and, in blood. Oh god. Oh. And they're outside in seclusion with her body in a bag in the trailer, in the truck bed, and the bed's open, and he takes the clothes off. Well, he gets and then Joe gets talking about his past. Joe opens up about stuff, but there's an intimacy all of a sudden. So what do you do this for? I mean, you don't just do it for the money. Right. What is this, a third degree? <laughs> Sorry. It- they mean to pry. No, I don't do it for the money and the parties, if that's what you're asking. I don't need much of anything, really. This line of work, you got to uh, keep a low pro. You're a ghost. Is your name even Joe? You know I usually do this shit alone, right? But I had fun with you today. You're tough. I was just following your lead, man. 
No, you did good. Proud of you. So they get into a little dude bro punchy play here. What does that mean, Patrick? Well, what that means is that Joe gives Georgie this congratulatory punch on the shoulder. You know, hey, good job, big boy. Boom. But it's a little bit too hard. And you see Georgie flinch and he goes, okay. Well, he returns the favor. He he bro punches Joe back. But instead of this escalating into a big, big hyper-masculine moment, Joe snaps. And it's throttling George. And you think he's going to kill him. But then at the last second, they went up fucking. You know how that totally happens. And it's totally, totally a normal thing. gotten choked out and rimmed on the corpse of your half-sister who hasn't done that who hasn't done that i call that a saturday night i know right i just in fact it was sunday morning right now so actually last night but yeah they end up having sex on top of a body. on top of his dead half-sister that they just killed yeah isn't it romantic the first and literally is like violin soaring and mm-hmm. oh my gosh his face is like oh it's finally happening i'm like oh my god it's really fucked up it's really fucked up movie. Hi, Patrick from the future here. It occurred to me now that I'm listening to this that every time Joe and George have sex, that's how it always starts. It always starts with this threat of violence. Well, no, not a threat of violence, actual violence. You're not sure if Joe is going to kill George, but then surprise, they wind up having sex. I don't want to king shame them. That seems like a huge red flag. It seems to me that in those moments, now that I've seen it a few times, that Joe is going to kill George at those times. Then at the last moment, he remembers what the game is and he rechannels that energy into sex. And that's really fucking creepy. So after they have sex, there is the obligatory postcoital pillow talk scene. We talked about some of this scene earlier, but it's when you think everybody's opening up and letting their guard down, but really Joe's just setting the trap even more. I went looking for my father once. He refused to see me. My dad would have refused to see me if he could, if it weren't for my mom. Well, you're lucky you had parents. I mean, growing up, I just just wished I was part of a family. Mm. What's your name? It's Joe. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Your, your real name. David. It's David. And then that's when they have the scenes of the three of them in the pool and all these looking like people, like two people looking at the other, the third one not sure what's going on. The two guys looking at each other, she's flirting with a sexy guy. They have a little, she doesn't seem to know what's happening. But still, but still everyone's so happy. It's Basketball. happy music and it's cool and we're doing fun things in the pool and this thing's squirting so you know everybody's fucking. <laughs> but no. Oh, yeah. Everyone's getting laid. Joe's fucking both of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. How does he keep from getting dehydrated? It's not clear who knows what about who and, and who's playing. Yeah, exactly what Trey was saying. Like, there's something wrong. It looks like we've got the perfect ending, but there's still 40 minutes left in the movie. They got everything mm-hmm. they want. They're going to red hair at the money, and they do. Yeah. 
And then there's a knock at the door. Except there's still that pesky investigator who wants more information. Mm-hmm. Wants to know what's going on. He's trying to track down the daughter and they thought they had her. Oh, right, right, right. Because she's gone missing. Yes. So he shows up at the house to see if they know anything of what's going on. No, no. I have to go to the bathroom. Like now. <laughs> well, we're making Mars. They've got so awful. They've got her body down. In, oh, yeah. Yeah. He knocks on the door and there's like, can I come in? And then. And Lux is just like, yeah, come on in. We're making Margie's. It's like, what? They have the wrong instincts for when they're under pressure. They just, they do the stupidest things. They're the stupidest people. Peter Ellison. Mm-hmm. Who? <laughs> the firm's investigator. Got a couple questions I need to ask you. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to come all this way. In person is best. Can I come in? Yeah, we're making margs. Do you want one? We were supposed to meet your sister a few days ago. She never showed. It seems she's disappeared. Oh, oh no. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I, that's too bad. I hope she's okay. this point, uh, we're not sure if she was aware of her father's passing and what he entitled to her. We're all trying to figure out what we can. Uh-huh. 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 What did the police say? Nothing. Uh, she's fallen under the radar before, so they don't want to file a missing persons report yet. Right now, I'm the only one looking for her. Huh. Huh. Oh. This is a beautiful home. Just the two of you here? Yes. Oh, honey, your foot, you... It's my metatarsal. Um, do you, uh, do you smoke? Do you smoke? We love a a social... social? I'm a social smoker. Do you have a lighter? That wouldn't smoke alone. Um... I... I have to pee. Oh, oh. Can I? Can I? Go right ahead. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay. I'd actually love a tour. No. Why? The why not? Why not? (laughs) But he comes in and they've got the body of the daughter downstairs. And it just so happened, this guy shows up just when... Joe's like, this would be the time to do that fixer thing where I'm going to pour the toxic chemicals on her and dissolve the body. No, great, when somebody's expecting the house. But What are you doing? Getting rid of evidence. It's hydrofluoric acid. It evaporates the body. Keep this shit around. It's useful. Yeah, but they're looking for her. Ugh, leave no trace. Yeah, but leave a body. A body's the ultimate trace. Trust me, if a body turns up, they're going to point the fingers at both of you. This is what we got to do, okay? Just trust me, bro. You already said that, bro. Oh. Exactly. And then investigator just decides to make himself around and walk around, and they let him. So they make their way downstairs. He doesn't know what's going on. He's talking to them while behind him. They can't be acting any more suspicious, too. They can't. Po- no. like, you cannot possibly be more suspicious than these two are. Where's uh, George? It's Jono. You know, he pees in different places. George! George, what are you doing? Nothing. Where'd you pee? Um, I'd I'd rather not talk about that. 
Mm-hmm. What's that smell? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, I don't smell, smell anything. Any, I don't smell anything. It's got to be that thing. Mm-hmm. No. And Lux comes up with a knife to stab him so she can, you know, help out. Um. And at the very last minute, though, he gets a phone call. Oh. Hi, honey. Um. Oh. Okay. That was my wife. Uh, she just started dinner. Uh-huh, yeah. Hates it when I don't show up. I bet. No one likes that. I'm not in a relationship right now, but I can imagine. I'm off. Okay. Um, we'll speak again. All right. Bye. She, she, they end up not stabbing him. He walks away, but at least we know that she's now willing to get her hands dirty. But, you know, like all good things, like I, um, all good things, you know that neither one of them is going to be happy with what they've got because that's how it goes. No, not at all. Because you would think that given what Joe has helped the two of them do, that it would behoove George and Lux to be extremely nice to George, to continue to treat him like he's part of the family. But instead, they start to treat him worse and worse and worse. Georgie starts treating him like a servant, which you heard a little bit of before. And not surprisingly, Georgie doesn't like sharing. He doesn't like sharing Joe. He doesn't like being the secret piece on the side. But instead of having a conversation with Joe about his innermost feelings and talking out the problem, Jordy decides to throw a temper tantrum instead. A temper tantrum with an unsuspecting sexy pool boy. He's kind of cute. He might even be cuter than you. What are you doing? What do you think? We're not hanging out anymore and I need to come. Like I thought. Enjoy pussy. Sweetie. Hi. Hey. What's up? Nothing. It's just hot out here. Yeah, I know. I, uh, had to take my shirt off just to get the job done. What's your name, pool boy? Rob. Well, Rob, I love white trash. You know, I'm actually, uh, getting my master's degree in philosophy. Shut up. Don't ruin it. Shut your pretty goddamn face. Nice suit. Nice hose. Scream Queen rule of survival number 652. Do not needlessly antagonize the person who helped you orchestrate two murders as part of a multi-million dollar fraud scheme. It's not smart, and it's also not nice. So what, if you can't have me, no one can? Don't. Fine, I'll just get someone else. What do you think, you're hot shit now? Huh? Oh, yeah? What are you still doing here? Huh? What, do you want to be a family now? Maybe I fucking like it here. Oh, yeah? I really don't see Lux marrying a murderous townie with a nice cock. By the way, who sucks it better, me or her? Fuck you. Don't forget I can murder both of you whenever the fuck I want. Oh, yeah? Then what? Your DNA is all over this fucking place. Your sweat, your blood, your cum. I'm a ghost, remember? Right. The ghost who will never be found. What are you gonna do with your share of the money? Keep it in that fucking truck? And it turns out things aren't going any better with Joe and Lux either because, well, he's no longer a function anymore. We've gotten what we've needed out of you. You screwed up the one job that you had. You know what? There's other dicks in the sea. Bye-bye. That's fucking mean. I am not mean. I'm honest. We're about to be rich again. 
okay, a part of society. We're going to re-enter the world, and you don't really match our new look. We've always belonged. You. <laughs> you never did, sweet. I just thought... Okay, let me be very clear. I employ you. You're providing a service for me. And once we pay you, George and I, we don't ever want to see you again. Okay? I am going to go rent dresses online. Oh my God, I can buy them now. <laughs> see, the main reason that the bloom is off the rose for both Georgie and Lux regarding Joe is that Joe destroyed the sister's body. And the problem is the lawyers need to find the sister's body because without a body, she can't be declared dead. And if she can't be declared dead, nobody gets any money. So now Joe's hanging around. He's making everybody unhappy because he has needs and he's a human being and we can't treat him like a piece of crap and that's no fun. So what's the next logical thing to do? Georgie and Lux conspire to pin the whole thing on Joe. What could possibly go wrong? Stop the grunting, you're ruining my day. I'm sorry, I'm fucking pissed. Well, yeah, we should have gotten our money by now. We can't because Joe fucked us. <laughs> yeah, he did. Shut up. Did he cramp with you? He cramped with me. I don't think he drinks enough water. If they can't find Caitlin, and they can't pronounce her dead. If they can't pronounce her dead, then we don't get the money. So? So, we need a new plan. Dirty. What? What? We pinned it all on Joe. Perfect, actually. I mean, all that chowder, go pats, fucking Fenway pack, whatever. I'm over it. I think we're both over it. And plus, he has killed way more people than us. And he's so much worse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, so we kick him out. Yeah. We get Allison back in. He takes the fall. We get the money. And then, you know, we go back to just being the two of us. That's why I said, I don't think Lex knows that she's sleeping with her boyfriend because she knew. She knew. We're getting the movie through George's eyes. I'm picturing that every conversation that we're getting with George is also going on with Lux in its own ver its own right. Like the movie Wild Things at the very end shows you all the little scenes yeah. between the movies. Yeah, I mean, the Joe has to be playing the two of them against each other. And it's whoever's going to bite first is going to be the one who bites first. So it's the big night. This is the night the plan is going to go down. They've invited the investigator over. They're going to pin the whole thing on Joe. Everything is going to go off without a hitch, except it turns out that much to Lux's surprise that she's been bamboozled. This is all an elaborate plot not to get rid of Joe, but to get rid of her forever. It's you. Okay, you know what? The police are on their way and Allison is already here, you goodwill hunting piece of trash. Allison, he's right. I, I was right. He's right here. Oh, Allison, yeah, that's, uh, that's the guy you killed, huh? With this gun right here? The fuck are you talking about? No, wait. She took the gun and she fired it, but she missed every time. You stabbed him with this knife. You tried to kill me with it too. But I fought back. I had no choice. Oh, fuck you. How dare you. I should have killed you both in your sleep. I told you she was thinking about it. You were right. We do need someone to pin it on. I hated to see her go. Me too. But if you're gonna leave with an exit line that ferocious, 
<laughs> she when she realizes that the boyfriend's picked the brother over her, she just looks at the boy at the brother and goes, "Your wedding is going to be so tacky." <laughs> Dead. Thought of staying in this fucking house with you made this an easy decision. Besides, I've never had a boyfriend before. Gaze never had your back. <laughs> Should have really thought this one through. <laughs> Your, your wedding is going to be so, so tacky. And you know what? It would have been. It really would oh, have been. Yeah. Look at the two of them. They absolutely would have been the worst thing ever. But even before that, like she's got the line before that, but right, right she's just goes, the gays never have your back. <laughs> <laughs> These gays or homosexuals are trying to kill me. <laughs> they are. And they do. They are. Yeah, they are. Because they are. So this takes us back to where the movie began. George has survived this horrible night where his own stepmother tried to murder him after murdering his father and his illegitimate sister. He's got the guy. He's got the cash. He's got the house. He's got the book deal. He's gotten away with murder. He's even going to the black and white ball. And all his dreams have come true. This should be where the movie ends. Except it doesn't. And then it seems that everything's good and that they're finally moving out of the house. Oh, and then he has, I guess it's his lawyer or realtor who's joking about how they're going to try and sell the house with all the dead bodies in it. This is the site of more murders and disappearances than any other nine-bedroom manse in the area. So? So it's going to take a bit to find some retarded buyer to come in from out of town and not do too much digging. Whatever. I just need a change. Oh, it's too bad. It really is so beautiful here. Yeah. I'm looking for something bigger. Better. It's just you, right? No. Actually, I have a boyfriend. There he is. Sexy. I know, right? Mm. I'll call you. Just give me my money. I do what I can. Did you recognize that realtor? I did. Who was that realtor? I was so happy. It was, uh, oh, oh, Angie, no, Alexandra Paul from Christine. And she was in, what else? Was she in Baywatch as well? I don't know. I didn't watch Baywatch, but she was in American Flyers. I remember that. Oh, that's an old one. I do. Okay, she was in Baywatch. She was one of the OG Baywatches. She was Connie Swale in Dragnet, the Reverend Connie Swale's daughter. <laughs> but yeah, so, so she's the lawyer and she's just like disgusting and horrible. And they, she has a 30 second scene, but she, it's perfect. It's a it's great funny scene. And snarky. But yeah, I mean, in the hands of somebody less, it would have been a nothing scene. But she, she makes what she could. She's fun. She's fun. But it turns out that like, it looks like, again, this should be the happy ending. Look, we're together. Yeah. We've got everything that we're ever gonna want. We're selling this they house. We got the money. We got the money. We got the we got the gold. The guy, the gold watch, and everything, as they say. Exactly. Yeah, and um, he even got George even got invited to the black and white ball, and white it, ball. and it's in his honor this year because he wrote this book about you know how he survived this horrible thing. Exactly. Everything's good. Him. No. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What? It's here. I'm back, motherfuckers. Got invited? Yeah. Not only that, I'm the I'm the guest of honor. It's amazing. What's wrong? 
I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's supposed to. I mean, you've got to go. You know, you got to see what it's like in there. It's, it's what you always wanted, right? It was what I always wanted until I met you. Who needs a party when I have what we have? Besides, everyone's dead. We're selling the house. You know what they say. Take the money and run. I want to buy you an island. Just to let thirsty murderous fuckboys sipping coconuts. I fucking love coconuts. <laughs> Yes, sirree. It's a fairy tale ending for our happy homicidal homos. We're happy. Nothing bad is ever going to happen again, except this big secret. Oh, phone rings. It's a lawyer. One more. There's another run. <laughs> There's another bastard up there. But this time, it's a boy. Well, if it isn't the lawyer. I do hope I caught you at a good time. Um, yeah, I'm just getting ready for my night. That's all. Yes. The black and white, Caleb. No, I'm not going to that. I'm flying away. The other side of the world. I'm afraid that won't be possible until some matters are attended to. Our new investigator has uncovered some evidence. What do you mean, what evidence? There are complications with your father's estate now, and unfortunately, we'll have to file a court order to freeze your accounts. What are you talking about? What evidence? What complications? Well... Spit it out! There's another heir. What? Money brings out a lot of crackpots. Even though your father was, shall we say, not the most well-liked person, people had been trying to get at his money his whole life. Mary here kept very thorough records, and before your father's death, there was one person who kept reaching out, claiming to be Marcello's son. This individual was very hard to track down, but we discovered he's a career criminal who solicits on the dark web. This is like a website with horrible things. Your father did his best to keep this man out of your lives. I feel enough. He's a dangerous drifter. Growing up, I just wish I was part of a family. But birth records show he is definitely your half-brother. Sorry for the confusion, but he's been hard to pin down. Off the radar. Almost as if he's a, he's a ghost. Yes, exactly. I know losing the money is disconcerting. By the way, his name is David. Hey, bro. Are you okay? They had a hard time tracking him because he seems to live off the grid. Like he's a ghost. But they, but they know his name. His name is David, mm -hmm. which is the name of the hitman. Hunky Hitman revealed his real name in a pillow Early talk. Yeah. His name is David. And then we start realizing all the things that David has told him. I'm an orphan. Just wanted to belong. And like he said, I never lied to you. And he never calls George George. Calls him bro. He always calls, always calls him bro from the beginning of the movie. He's like, hey, bro. Hi, bro. What's going on, bro? I love you, bro. 
They're, they're brothers. They're brothers and the fucking and the brothers. They got some incest. Yeah, it's brothers. La, yeah, la, 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 la. After this phone, we, when he's getting a phone call, you see David in the back and then the phone ends and he looks and David Smalls goes, hey, bro. And I was like, oh, you knew all along. Hey, bro. Are you okay? You seem stressed out on that call. Yeah, um, it's just legal stuff. Legal stuff. Okay. I'm excited for this trip. Yeah. Yeah, and all this stuff is great. They told the whole thing where we're we're Well, it comes to a confrontation. So hey, how big is that knife you got hiding behind your back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want a snack? No, I'm not hungry. You know, why don't we, uh, why don't we take a bath together? It'd be hot, you know? No, um, I, I actually should just, I, I should just go take a shower in, in the shower. Let's get ready for our trip, right, bro? I can wash you all up. Make sure you're nice and clean. Wow. I'm getting the feeling you don't want to see me naked anymore. It's really hurting my fucking feelings. No, that's not true. It's not true. No. Okay. How big's that knife? Is it a big one? Huh? Let me see. Let me see. Ooh. <laughs> it's big. All of this is great, and this battle to the death is incredible. Well, I loved all of it. But it starts off like a sibling, like a brother fight, like a slap fight almost. Like, what? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I almost thought someone's going to be like, what, you going to tell dad? You going to tell dad? It's no, it's like, dad, uh, tell my dad's kind of dead now. Yeah, we, so we killed him. Remember we killed him in like the first act of the movie. I'd have to go and do a thing like that, huh? I thought we had a good thing going here. You're a fucking psycho. I'm a psycho? You're the one that grabbed the fucking knife, Georgie. Get the fuck out of my house. Our house, Georgie! Our house! Remember? You tricked me. I didn't trick you. I would never lie to you. Georgie, we're family. Why put me through all this? I always wanted a brother. What I loved about this fight scene, which I thought was really cool about the many things about the, the cinematography in this movie, the camera's doing this slow pan down some kind of a hallway. It's moving from left to right. The fight is going on in this living room, which is not in the hallway. So every now and then, like a panel would pass. Mm-hmm. You're not always getting the fight. The people would fight off camera and then fight back on camera, but the camera never stops panning. Yeah. It's not focusing on the fight. It's focusing on the, on the room, but the people just fighting in and out. I thought it was a really cool way to shoot this. They had like, like the white, like the, the white, um, not wallpaper, but the white uh, blinds and the light coming through. So it's almost silhouette and the brothers and nothing but Speedos. And of course, because, because gay, because it's a gay movie. Because it's a story of Speedos. But, but <laughs> there's, there's no real nudity in the movie 
So it does yeah. feel like, like a film noir as opposed to like, let's just get people naked. It actually, it just feels like a noir movie. Oh, 100%. Very this is sexy. Total, total, well, as film noirs were, they were sexy as they could be at the time. And it's always one of those who's screwing who situations in film noir. The, the double twist, the triple twist. And that's this movie. This is Here's your triple twist right now. Oh, by the way, you've been fucking your brother who's also an assassin who's going to kill you. Because yeah. <laughs> but what's nice is that this movie isn't as trashy as it could have been in terms of – if you say, okay, gay man is going to make a thriller – then I'm expecting it's going to be just bad acting with a bunch of hunks showing their asses. And that's not what this is. This actually is writing and the storyline. It's not about let's show every guy's hot ass. It's, it's not. It's sexy, but it doesn't feel like that's just why they're there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get we get plenty of beefcake. But exactly. It's, it's always tastefully done beefcake. Yeah. There's the only nudity in this actually, I think, is the pool boy. Like the pool shot. boy. Yeah. The this pool little boy. pool boy comes by and. They get jealous later in the movie, but to, but back to the fight, the two brothers fight, and ultimately George wins by using Joe's own technique, technique on him—the him. the, the thing in the ribs. Don't call me, bro. So George wins and the movie's over and he's got all the money. He's got all the, he's got all the cards and he wins, right? It's a happy ending for, and he's got a best-selling book. He's, it's a happy ending, right? And he's going to the ball. Yeah, and the movie ends with him going to the black and white ball in his custom fit tuxedo. So it should be a happy ending. It's a happy ending. Except he's been mortally wounded. And he's, <laughs> he's shell-shocked and he's in shock and he's walking through with a hundred-eye stare or, or a thousand-yard stare oh, yeah. in his eyes. Yep. Yep. I and mean, he makes he makes it to the ball, but he, he makes Cinderella makes it to the ball, but she's bleeding like a stuck pig because she's a stuck pig. Yeah. On autopilot. Welcome to this year's black and white gala. George, how are you tonight? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, George. And you look fabulous as ever. Thank you so much. Oh, have a great night. George. And he's that's how the movie ends. Well, yeah, well, but he's walking yeah. through, like there's, a, there's an entrance tunnel to get from the street to the ball and he's walking mm -hmm. down that long tunnel and it's just that the lights fading. And, and it's just like, like the lights are like just, yeah, it's like, so I guess he dies at the end. He dies. Yeah. His heaven's right there. His heaven, his dream is right there. And you're not going to get it. Go to hell, George. <laughs> mm hmm. Go to hell. You get nothing. Everybody gets nothing except for Heather Mondazaro, who deserves everything. And in the montage towards the end, as they're leaving and they're rich and they're happy, you see she's had a glow up. She looks amazing and beautiful as they leave the <laughs> lawyer's office and she smiles at them. <laughs> and then just add a, a, a girl, wiener dog. And, and then they tap that story's loose in just that one little shot. It was perfect. They that gave her just a nut. She's a little devious. She used the tools available to her to her best advantage. That's even good business small, sense. Well, even the small characters had a part to play and they made sure to kind of cap it off and remind you of her and just, yeah, she had a good ending. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Nobody was, nobody was in this. Nobody, there was no, 
loose end characters. Just everybody who needed to be there was there. It was everybody was there for a reason. The story wasn't overcomplicated, which I appreciate. It had twists and turns, but it all made sense, and it didn't get to where I was thinking that. I never thought what's going on. It was simple enough to have the complications without having too much. Mm-hmm. No, it's a fun ride, and plus, it's a fun, funny ride. And I, oh yeah, this movie, this this session is going to be saved by all the clips. Not that we're doing a bad job, but no. this kind of movie is always difficult to cover on a podcast because you're not in it. Well, like it's a tone. To- it's the way that it, it's not what we do, but how you do it. And they just have the best lines, but they ought, they don't oversell the lines. They're not winking at the camera being broad. The characters are, are crazy, but they just they keep it from being a comedy that's over the top. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times these savage lines, they're not saying them as a joke. They're saying them to be savage. Right, exactly, exactly. One of the first rules of comedy is like you can't play the comedy or the joke dies. Exactly. Everybody's playing life and death stakes here, and that really sells things. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that movie, The Last Seduction with Linda Fiorentino. As just the yes. ultra femme fatale, where you're watching these horrible people, but that's the point. Like that movie, The Grifters, where you know in the '90s with Pulp Fiction, 100%. The, you had stories where it's like Elmer Leonard. Everyone's a bad character, but that's the point. You're watching these despicable people, and there may be a few people that with a little morality, but basically it's watching these people and see who's going to be left standing at the end. And that mm-hmm. definitely is in that camp. I also like in this economy, it's nice to see altruist people just get shit on, just it, not get anything that they want. <laughs> Exactly. It just, just have horrible people and watch get put to the ringer. And it's fun for us. It's fun for us because yes. no one wins. You know, bad people don't win. The, 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 the nerdy girl who's all who we all identify with gets gets the gets the prize. Exactly. She talks about how seeing money makes everyone happy and she gets her happiness at the end. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. So that's the estate. This is the li- little gem. I'm but the reviews are so bad for it on really? IMDb, on Rotten Tomatoes. People don't like this movie. Because they're not sick, twisted bitches like we are, Trey. It's a great, it's a B-plus movie where it's, a, it's never going to be rated A, but it's a solid B in terms of low budget. But everyone is working up the best they can, and it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. 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 The only thing I think it holds it back is if, if you had a bigger budget, they had more to do with it, but with everything they had, it, you said it's, it's a really good little movie. I think it's fine. Like, I don't know what else you would do with a budget. Like, just more of the mansion, better clothes. But no, they shouldn't have better clothes. They shouldn't, I mean, I don't know, bigger stars. I think, but they got, they got their money's worth. But they did. With everybody. And it's gay themed, but it's still, it it has gay characters, but it just seems natural. It's not like preaching or it's not. And Trey, it's got a bisexual character. Maya would be so happy. Exactly. Yeah, you have the guy who, like you said, he is what anyone wants him to be. Of course, he's a criminal, but you know what? So is everybody in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he look, looks like a hunky Matt Damon's brother. Oh, I'll, I'll yeah. give him a pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, I like too that he's not pretty. I mean, he's not. He's not. Yeah, he's hot, but he's not Hollywood hot. He looks like Rough Trade. Yeah, he's got the tattoos yeah. going on. We didn't give him any credit, did we? No, we did not. Joe Finley is that the director? Joe yeah. Finley, who was on The Flash and iZombie. Okay. Sometime. I, I remember from iZombie. Oh, 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 Greg Finley. Greg Finley. Greg Finley. Yeah, actually, it looks like Gary Finley when I wrote. But no, it is Greg. I just can't read my handwriting because my handwriting sucks. Yeah. No, yeah, this. Very- I think this is a great little independent movie. They got their money's worth with everything they did. And I think it, I think it really shines. And I'm shocked that other people don't find it funny. Like I was reading the reviews. People were just like, it's so mean. Well, yeah, it's, that's the point. It's supposed <laughs> to be. Those 1940s movies were mean. Nobody got a happy ending. Well, I mean, they did because it was the, the, the what do you call it? Hayes Code. Hayes Code, yeah. Uh, crime never paid, but 
if they were, if you ever read the novels, well, say so this <laughs> is another back to the noir, even like the '90s neo noirs. Do you think that that's just too mean for a lot of people to kind of get behind right now, or that they're just you have to know what you're getting into? I guess it's just the the kind of people who leave reviews online. Yeah, online, yeah. Don't, yeah. This movie is a very sarcastic movie. You gotta be a sick, twisted bitch. You gotta embrace your sick, twisted bitch. You gotta enjoy your Schadenfreude. Your Schadenfreude. <laughs> well, this is like like watching Dynasty or Dallas for an hour and a half, just a little story arc, just compressed. Yes, about horrible people doing horrible things. People with too much money, even though they think they don't. Well, you know else, but it was also nice because these aren't. We've seen like Saltburn, where it's the 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 rich, but these are like. The barely with the hanger ons, which made it just a little bit more interesting because I haven't seen a lot of that. I haven't seen yeah. people who are just the losers of the rich community, of the upper rich. That's a good way to put that. Yeah, the, the, the losers of the upper class. It's not their money. It's not some no. family money they inherited. None of it's their money. No. It was almost like <laughs> like, like absolutely fabulous with Eddie and Patsy on the side, on the fringe, kind of wanting to be in and having a little story. That's what these two kind of reminded me of, a homicidal Patsy and Eddie. Oh, write that movie. I hope that I know they're doing another MFAB special. They better come back as serial killers because that would be amazing. That would be funny. That would be the amazing, <laughs> most amazing thing ever. And Saf is just like, could you please stop killing people? I'm like, no, no, Donna. Sweetie, 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 sweetie. Oh, <laughs> no, Bubble was the one who actually kills everyone. They, they screw it up and she's in the background screwing up and she actually kills everyone. She's the, the cleaner. She's the cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, I've got a question for you. If you're here and I'm here, who's minding the store? Damn you, Uncle Hose. Oh God! I hope Maya's there. Did she get the message? Oh no! No, not Maya. No, it's gonna be like, oh, try my vegetarian dip. Vita's no. gonna get loose again. Oh my God! She's gonna be like, oh, they're be doing each other's hair. She's like, going oh. after Sarah Polly. Keeps calling her, leaving messages. <laughs> prank calling. <laughs> prank calling Sarah Polly. Hey, Sarah, Sarah Polly, you're not my real name. <laughs> you never will be. It's a good return your messages, Sarah Polly. I remember you when you were a little Canadian girl. I tried to kill you, you ungrateful bitch. I'm a motherfucking dick pig and you're an Oscar winner. Yeah. <laughs> Little pound cake. Nobody knows. Nobody who doesn't listen to the show knows any idea what we're talking about. You have to listen to "Damn You, Uncle Lewis." Be a Patreon member for Patrick. Damn right. Damn Throw right. Some money it's is worth the money. He deserves it. it, it it's, Thank it's you. A fun Thank show. you, Trey. Thank you, Trey. This is hard work Same. talking about fabulous things. Okay, Trey. Uh, do you have anything you want to like say to everybody or a plug or any any good advice? Trey, you just recently moved to Illinois. If I'm moving to Illinois, what's my what's your life tip that you got for me right now? Bring some cold weather clothes, especially if you're like me and came from Texas where you don't have any cold weather. Make sure you have jackets and stuff. Save up because you have to buy a whole lot of clothes. That's it. Okay. And if you're All in right. Texas, get out of there. Oh like no! I did. Do I have to go? Do I have to go shopping? Oh no! I hate shopping. Oh no! We don't have any terrible. money. You have to go through shopping. your clothes and find last year's rain jacket. <laughs> I stab. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Trey. This was super fun. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay fabulous. See you soon. See you at the shop. See you at the shop. Yay. That was super fun and super fabulous. Thank you once again to Trey Dean. And hey, if you liked hanging out with me and Trey, and you also like Friday the 13th, the series, come party with us over at Damn You Uncle Lewis, which is, of course, a Patreon-exclusive podcast for now. Uh, you can find out more about that at www.patreon.com slash Final thoughts on this movie. There's not a lot to talk about. It's a pretty straightforward movie, but the thing that I'm kind of hung up on at the moment is that 
George's life revolves around the black and white ball. And I realized that George's life is painted in black and white. There's good and evil. There's rich, there's poor, there's black, there's white, and there's nothing in between for him. But I do like that the final image that we're left with it, George learns there is more to the world than just black and white. There's also shades of gray and a whole lot of red because that's what he's wearing at the black and white ball. I always love too when I catch things in the headphones when I'm editing the uh, uh, the podcast episode that I completely missed in the movie itself because a particular line or phrase was undercut by the score or by other actors. So you may not notice it, but when it's just in your ears, there's no distraction, things just pop prominently. What caught my ear this time that changed a lot of the movie for me at the very end there where the lawyer is on the phone explaining the whole thing. Like, oh, hey, there's another heir. He mentions that Mary the secretary was the f- one who came forward with all this information about this new long lost brother. So Heather Matarazzo not only got away with everything, she took out a whole crime family too. She exposed the whole thing, but she's still not a good person. She got the money. She got her dreams. She got happiness, but she's not a good person either. She did shady, shady things, but hey, she's the least awful of everybody. Good for you. Good for her. And yeah, she may be immoral, but at least she stuck to her core truth because what we find out about her, she has that whole little speech about how she has to sit at that job and she has to hand out these checks to people, these huge checks, and she watches how happy that money makes him. That money brings happiness. They don't have to worry about things anymore. And that's what she wants. So that's why she does what she does. She just wants that little slice of happiness that she gets to give out to everybody every day, but never gets a taste of herself. So yeah, she facilitates this whole illegal plan. Yeah, she gets somebody killed. In my mind, she sees that in my mind, she looks out at George and Lux and Joan and says, I opened up the gates for them to have all this money, to have all that happiness that money gives, but they're still not happy. They have all the money, but they're not happy. They're clearly doing it wrong. They don't deserve the money or the happiness. Let's bring them all down. Good for her. Good for her. Also, here's a Scream Queen's life lesson that I just devised right now. Don't fuck with a secretary because a good secretary, her job is to know everything. It's her job to keep the wheels running smoothly on the organ or what on whatever organization she works for. And in order to do that, a good secretary needs to know everything about everything, which means a good secretary knows all the good things. But the good secretary also knows where all your bodies are buried. And the same goes for your domestic staff, too. If you've got any kind of housekeeper or any kind of cleaner or gardener or anything, they know everything about you. Be nice to them. You'll live longer. So next time, I'm going to be joined by Oso Scraffy and Pastor Fabulous Ben Fitzgerald Fine. We're going to be talking about the Norwegian film Lamb. It's not quite a horror movie, but it's a whole lot of fairy tale, folk tale, fable, morality play, morality test. There's a lot happening in the movie Lamb. It is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. It's a challenge, but I have my devious reasons for wanting to talk about it on the show. So trust me. Trust me. So one of my favorite things about doing this show is finding movies that have slipped through the radar and say, hey, check out this movie. And hey, if you decided to follow my advice and you liked The Estate, and you want to say, hey, Patrick, thank you so much for finding a cool movie for me. If I put a smile on your face, if I made your day just a little bit better and you want to say thank you, if you want to support the show, but you don't want to become a Patreon subscriber, there is now a way for you to make a one-time gift to the show, a one-time donation to say thank you for everything you do here at Scream Queens. Thank you for making my life a little bit more fabulous. All you need to do is head on over to bit.ly slash SQ. Thank you. And it's all spelled out. SQ, thank Y-O-U. And as a thank you for your thank you, you will not only get the full unedited 45-minute version of my sexy conversation with 
queer horror filmmaker and co-host of the Homos on Haunted Hill podcast, Christopher Wesley Moore. You will also get the latest episode of Damn You, Uncle Lewis, where we're talking about the eye of death. You get a little taste of Patreon without having to subscribe to Patreon. Once again, that's bit.ly slash SQ. Thank you. And that link, as well as all the links that I throw out at you during the course of the show, are down there in your show notes. So use them. That's what they're there for. I think that's all I got for you now. If you want to contact the show, please feel free to do so. Find me on Facebook. I'm at Scream Queens and on Instagram and threads at Scream Queens Podcast. So come say hi, follow me there because that would indeed be fabulous. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful Screamers, until we go to the snow covered mountains of Iceland, continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place. And how do I do that, Patrick? Well, I'll tell you the same way I've been telling you for the past 14 years by never forgetting the Scream Queens golden rule. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. Stay safe, baby, stay healthy, and most of all, stay fabulous. Music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.